Hello everyone. I know, editors' voiceovers up front are usually either boring or bad, but it's necessary for now because I have some good news and some more not necessarily bad news. The good news is, Kate had her babies, and everyone is home and healthy. Though I do hear that little Durek continually tries to crawl to the woods behind their house. The other news is that we are still putting our main campaign on hiatus while Kate navigates becoming a new parent. But that doesn't mean the fun stops there, oh no. We here at Good Better Quest are telling a new story, and we were absolutely lucky enough to get a guest for this in-between campaign in the wonderful Nicola the Druid of Backwater Bastards, Team Cares A Lot, and Dungeons and Dudes fame. You can find her on Twitter at Nicola the Druid, that's N-E-K-O-L-A the Druid. In this campaign titled A Long Errand, we are playing Offworlders, a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Now I wanted to give a brief primer on the system because I got so excited to GM this game that I totally skipped that during session one, and I felt that a short rundown would help. Offworlders has four attributes, strength, intelligence, agility, and willpower, which feed into defined skills, athletics, culture, manipulation, piloting, science, sneak, survival, and tech. When I ask the players to make a role, we have a conversation about what they feel works to their advantage as a character, hoping to rely on favored attributes, skills, or abilities. If a player has a skill that is directly related to the role, they are allowed to re-roll one of the dice of their choosing, but have to proceed with a new role. Where Dungeons & Dragons uses a d20 for decision rolls, Offworlders uses 2d6. Additionally, I as the GM will never roll dice. The setting is in a far-flung future of the Milky Way, somewhere between Star Trek and Futurama, which I hope is as enjoyable to you as it is to me. Now sit back, relax, and let your mind come along for the ride to space. The Milky Way has plenty of it. In that space is life, teeming to the brim, along with chaos and mystery. Empires have risen and fallen, outlaws have kidnapped the odd prince or two, and psychics have whispered in the ears of many, changing the path of history. Eventually, the galaxy fell into a lazy peace. Resources were plentiful, and money was seemingly a thing of the past. Exploration and research became the main driving purpose behind civilization, answering the questions whose answers remained veiled to us. Eventually, even that passed. Technology propelled our understanding of the galaxy to great heights. However, this led to complacency, and complacency led to stagnation. The galaxy has remained much the same for centuries, with people doing as they pleased. Until one day, something showed up. That is the start of our story. On the edge of the galaxy, in a solar system boasting of more rocks than planets, you find yourself on the Caspian outpost, looking for purpose in the hopes that you can leave the sticks and find your way back to the bosom of civilization. The Caspian Outpost, a quaint and quiet place, hosts as many traders as self-proclaimed pirates and welcomes them all. In its large metal bubble, there are trading stalls, docking stations, crew quarters, a command center, and of course, where today's interviews are being held, Captain Cozy's Casual Cantina. Oh, boy. Oh, I love that name. Oh, boy. That's all with C's, right? That is all with C's. Absolutely with C's. That is the hard consonant that we're using. Hold on, real quick. 
Captain can be with a K, but everything else is with a C. <laughs> Just one wonky K. One wonky K. One backwards K. Captain yeah. Cozy's... Why did I do a two instead of an apostrophe? <laughs> I'm I'm not even one whiskey glass in, Nolan. I'm... Good. Fuck. The post that you're all responding to started with, Enterprising individuals wanted. Looking for experienced frigate crew, long hours, pay on receipt of goods. Mission will be conducting scientific research. Mission expected to last no longer than 14 days. If interested, interviews will be held at Docking Bay 300B5 in Captain Cozy's casual cantina. On the day, you're all in the Caspian outpost. Who shows up first to their interview? Uh, Hagen. Okay. Hagen is punctual. <laughs> David... Tell us what Hagen is and what he does. Hagen is a Hoganite, which is a race of sentient robots, essentially, um, like with free will and, and, and everything that come from the planet Hogan. They are the last living, living is a relative term. They, they are the last sentient race to come from this planet because a pandemic wiped out all organic life. They were created by the previous organic dominant species and after this disease began killing the majority of people, they took over. Like like they started trying to help. They the, These factories that were creating these Hoganites were just automated now and they just kept making more and more of them to try and help people find a cure for this disease but they just couldn't find it and so now all of the robot hoganites the last surviving members of this planet have spread across the universe the galaxy the the multiverse the wandavision <laughs> and they uh, are determined to make sure that a similar fate doesn't befall another planet. And and that's what that's what Hagen is. He is now as far as wait, did you just want a description or uh, no, a back, little a little backstory and a description. So what does what does Hagen look like? So I actually wrote this down. <laughs> look. <laughs> a robot made of brushed silver looking metal with grease spots and dents all over it. His eyes go bl glow blue, and his lower jaw juts forward with five large jagged metal points going from the front of his face to the sides. He wears a tool belt for his tools, but his chest and stomach open like a cabinet for him to put other items inside. <laughs> he wears a pair of goggles on his head, but since his vision uh, on its own is usually enough for like the work he does... They don't really ever leave. And there's like, it's very clear, like as he adjusts them, the space underneath them is pristine. Um, <laughs> just because he never removes them. Uh, and he shows up to uh, his interview. So to greet you at the front of Captain Cozy's casual cantina, what looks like the magic carpet from Disney's Aladdin uh, but instead of the the brushes on the the ends are four Tesla coils, and sitting on top is what looks to be a Portuguese manowar. This this small creature glides across 
the floor and greets Hagen at the front door. And they say, Ah, you must be Hagen. You're actually our first interview of the day. Captain Calvin will see you now. Fantastic. Thank you. He, he follows him in. The creature in front of you actually leads you over to the bar. So you're, you're sitting in front of the bartender and a shorter red lady is sitting at the bar. Her hair is, is braided tightly in ways that you've seen other spacers keep their hair up when they decide to grow it long. And she looks over at you and goes, ah, yeah, you're the, uh, you're the, the Hoganite, right? Did I, did I get that right? Yes, ma'am. So I had a little problem with your application submission, uh, I have to admit. Um, I, I would say that I was very impressed, except the way you submitted it was one long drum solo, and I'm not exactly sure how to interpret that. I'm very sorry. That is the format on Hogan. Most uh, formal communication is done through beats. I see. I, I do apologize for that. Is that not MLA here? Uh, no, no, not quite, but it, it, it's fine. Um, let me just ask you a couple of questions, and then we'll proceed from there. Um, so what is your educational background? I was implanted with most common knowledge and a little bit more professional knowledge across the verse on planet Hogan by factory subsection 47 located in the north quadrant of Fayetteville. <laughs> Captain Calvin raises her eyebrows and goes, ah, you're a smart one. Okay. Um, do you think you at least meet a, a minimum of a master's in structural, structural engineering? Common graduate diplomas are not equal to what knowledge I hold. However, yes. <laughs> you see Captain Calvin, she pulls out a, a piece of paper and there's only three check marks or three boxes to be checked. And she looks at it and goes, well, Crumb, it looks like we found our science officer. And Crumb turns to you and, uh, one of their Tesla coils comes up and he says, Hey, high five science guy. I'm a science guy too. Nice to meet you. I'm Crump. Uh, uh, Hogan definitely high fives him <laughs> and, and, and just like, does it shock him or anything? Oh, like, absolutely. As soon as, as soon as Hogan uh, touches the Tesla Hagen. coil, just this Hagen, sorry. As soon as Hagen touches the Tesla coil, just sparks go everywhere, but it's not painful. It's, it's how Crumb gets around. They're just so excited to have another science person on there. Oh yeah. And Crumb, Crumb again, very much like the magic carpet gives a little bow and introduces themselves. I'm actually the first officer, but most of my background has been in science. I've been around for a couple of hundred thousand years. Not necessarily in this form, but um, yeah, I think we're going to get along, you and I. It'll be nice to have someone to chat knowledge with. A hundred thousand years. I myself have only been around for 200, so that's... Wow. I, I feel like a youngin' with you. Well, in this current form, it's only been about 200 as well, so maybe we'll have a lot to talk about. All right, cool. Good. Fantastic. So... Chrome actually goes behind the bar and comes back and he, he puts a little pin on you and it's just in the shape of an S to, to signify that you're a science officer. Can it, does it look like the like S class symbol on no man's sky? Like it's, Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Hagen just like on the inside, it's like, oh yeah, wait, hold. Fuck yeah, top shit. <laughs> so, Captain <laughs> Captain Calvin looks at you and says, "The mission is actually going to be fairly simple. There's there's something coming in from outside of the galaxy. You know, this doesn't really happen often, and Crumb." said that they know something about it, so we're going to go check it out. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll get something useful. If, if anything, we'll, we'll get some metal. You know, asteroids always have a bunch of metal. We can, we can find somebody who needs it. So um, we'll pay you as soon as we get back. Uh, part of the profits will also be in there. That wasn't part of the original contract because I didn't want greedy people. So she gives you a wink and she, she slaps your shoulder and says, meet me back here tomorrow morning and find the Aegean Manticore on the docking station and we'll get going. Fantastic. I look forward to it. He sits down uh, at a table and he does not leave that table until <laughs> until it's time to go. He he just <laughs> he just sits and relaxes while he, he just watches sits, the next interviews. <laughs> I like he just sits and it's it he's not responding to anything. It's like imagine if in Fallout, you know, when you when you hit the wait button and then, like, your dude just, like, <laughs> just... time moves around them. <laughs> That's what Hagen's doing. Right Perfect. On. Perfect. So, who is the next person to show up for their interview? Jake's been in this place the whole time, just kind of waiting to see who was doing this interview and how it was going to go down. As soon as Hagen gets up and leaves, he is, like, right there in the chair. And um, he sits down. Now, here's the thing about about uh about old jake lucas he is somewhere between 30 and 50. his hair is salt and pepper but you get the feeling it started real early he's gaunt and average in every way he's dressed in a very faded simple coverall with a uh with a fresh patch on the breast pocket that's clearly been taken off so it's like much cleaner than the rest uh and a uh, he's kind of wearing a low cap and you almost forget what he looks like while you're looking at him. Captain Calvin sitting there, seeing you come up, she says, I imagine you're my next interview. To be honest, I only got three applications and I, I do know one of them is a lady. So I'm gonna assume that your name is Jake, correct? Jake Lucas, is, is that the name that I saw? Yes, Jake Lucas. I don't know what happened with uh, your references, but I did call a couple, and every person that I talked to when I said your name, they they all responded with the exact same thing, and they they all just said Jake Lucas, he fucks, and then they they hung up. <laughs> um, I I don't know, I don't know what that means, so. I do need to ask you some additional questions to make sure that you can be a part of this crew. All right. So first of all, let's clarify this. Jake Lucas does. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I can't. All right. Sorry. Mm. I saw David's face and it was just, it was too much. It just tipped me right over the edge. Mm. All right. Let's get one thing straight. Jake Lucas fucks, but that's not what I'm here for. At your response to that, you see Captain Calvin 
in utter horror <laughs> as to the person that she is about to take on. And she goes, all right, let's try and narrow down what your skill set is then. Can you lift 50 pounds and be able to stand for long periods of time? You give me a few seconds and I could hide 50 pounds on my person and stand there for quite a while. She gestures over to Crumb and he raises his two front Tesla coils in, in a big shrug and Calvin rubs her, her eyes together and she looks at you and goes, listen, if, if we got into a fight, could you protect the ship and yourself? Yes. She takes out her very small list again and checks off another of the three check boxes and goes, Crom, it looks like we got our security officer. And Crum walks around the, the desk and he's got what looks like a little badge that's in the shape of a, a pistol. And he puts it on the, the table for you. And he says, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. I'm Crum. Um, I'm super confused as to what you're actually going to do, but just make sure we don't die, I guess. I'll do my best. And he takes the um, he takes the patch, uh, the, the badge. And he, and he like whatever, however it fastens, and he puts it on the uh, on the the fresh patch on his on his coverall. Perfect. Captain Calvin looks at you and says says a similar thing. Tomorrow morning we're gonna leave. We're gonna be in the Aegean Manticore. It's the big blue ship. It's really hard to miss. Uh, we are stationed on three zero zero B five. Make sure you're there as as early as you can be there. There's there's not a big rush. We are looking for essentially a, a thousand kilometer long asteroid. So it's gonna be fairly hard to miss. But um, I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, get a crew going. So we'll see you in the morning, right? Yes, I'll be here. That's good to know. And she she turns back to Crumb and just goes, God, how did we only get three applications? I can't believe these are the only people showing up. And Jake is gone. <laughs> I should have, I really should have been more specific and said that, like, he goes to a dark corner to watch. Because, I mean, he stood there, to, he was there to watch the first interview. There's no way he's going to leave the establishment. When I say he's gone, I mean, he's just, like, not in the chair anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's hiding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're cool with that, right? Absolutely. All right, right on. Uh, Nolan, real quick side note before we keep going on. Uh, don't smile at yourself like you, like you got away with saying uh, the Bay's boobs. Um, <laughs> don't act like you got away with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. That was, that was super it. Sorry. I, I just shit. like... <laughs> When I was writing this, I was freaking out about like all the location names that I needed to come up with, and I was like, "Uh, docking bay boobs." Okay. <laughs> oh my god! I wrote it down and didn't even catch that. Yeah, no, I was like, "Hold on, I think I know what this is, but let me just write it down." To be- yep. And, and so, so now you know, Nolan. Now you know, Nivek McClass. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's that's so good. <laughs> I'm not glad you enjoy it, Nicola. Speaking of which, you're the last one to show up for your interview. Describe your character and how they come into Captain Cozy's casual cantina. All right, so Captain Cozy's waiting there for a little bit, probably a little bit longer than than they would like before my character comes just kind of running and like dead stop in front of the door, like 
fixing herself up and and uh she is a rabani which is a humanoid um but with like grayish blue skin grayish white hair kind of kind of shorter shorter than most humanoid creatures and she just looks a little flustered as she comes in and uh she's very late crumb sees you and and they they come floating over to the door you must be our last interview of the day uh it's a little past when we were expecting you and he he looks at his his left tesla coil but there's not a watch there he's just looking at it because he feels that's the custom that people do (laughs) but i guess that's fine it's nice that you showed up uh captain calvin is waiting for you I do have to warn you, she's already started drinking, so she might be a little loose. But it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds great. Crumb leads you over to, to Calvin and she she turns around and looks at you and goes, Oh, hey, uh, uh Rabani, hey, I'm I'm part Rabani somewhere. My my grandma, grandpa, great grandpa, I, I I don't know. Hey, listen. You were supposed to be here about two and a half hours ago, so I uh-huh. I got bored and I had Crumb make me a couple of drinks. So I have some questions for you. Uh, your your application was the most vague, and one of them was a twenty minute drum solo. So I'm gonna just leave that up to you. So I, I do have some questions for you, so that we can just make this official. Oh, of course, of course. Do, do you need another drink? Shall, shall we make you another drink? Is this get you a little more comfortable? I, I think my next drink will, will come after the interview. As she says that, this is something that you hear in your head. God, I would like another drink. That'd be so nice right now. I can't believe she took so long. I just, I just want to relax and get this over with. But she looks at you and says, did you get that? I did. I am so sorry. Crumb, crumb, sweetie, sweetie, please come back. Please, could you go ahead and get get her another drink? It's it's going to be a long night. Yes, yes, thank you. Calvin looks to Crumb and looks back at you and goes, I didn't say anything. I was just seeing if you were ready to start the interview, but I appreciate the drink and I will, I will take it. So uh, my, my first question is, do you have any proficiency in Microsoft Office? I, I do have to ask that. We do need somebody who knows how to use it. Fucking, it's a billion light years away, but Microsoft Office is alive. You will so never Bill escape Gates. Excel. You will never, oh Bill, Gates, Bill Gates just goes galaxy to galaxy, dropping off Microsoft Office. And she says... Yeah, I mean, who doesn't know Microsoft Office? It is it is the best. It is just the best. I mean, with the numbers and the letters, yes, it, Microsoft Office is the best. And, and again, inside your head, you hear, that wasn't really convincing, but considering the other two guys probably don't know what Microsoft is, I guess I have to go with it. And she looks at you and goes, great. Yeah, that, oh, that, sounds, that sounds perfect. Uh, one other question. Do you have any experience with scientific equipment? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course I have. Ex- uh, yes, I have experience with scientific equipment. It'd be great if she knew what a galactic oscillator was. Especially, uh, you know, my favorite is a galactic oscillator. Oh, oh my goodness. She she sits up and goes, oh, no way. I was 
I was just thinking that. That would be so good if you knew that. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. I is it Oh, do we get to go do we get to play with one? I wonder if she knows how to how to use a pan galactic garble blaster. There I mean, you wouldn't happen to we wouldn't happen to also be dealing with maybe like a pan galactic gargle blaster cuz that would be oh, that would be the best. Captain Calvin sits back in her chair and she narrows her eyes at you and inside your head again you hear listen you got the job you don't you don't have to rub it in just be at the docking station tomorrow and be prompt we do need a psychic and i guess that's you she looks over the the bar to crumb and goes crumb we found our communications officer and <laughs> crumb crumb again claps two of his Tesla coils together and sparks come out. And on the table, he puts the the shape of a a little headset and he slides it across to you. And again, inside your head, because Crumb is also psychic, he says, Hey, welcome to the team. It's so nice to have another psychic here. Now we can have some private conversations. It's, It's so difficult to get anybody to understand me these days. Oh my gosh. This is, oh my God, another psychic. Whoa. And I, like, grab the pin. (laughs) Crump from uh, behind the the counter winks at you, which is a little weird because he's only got one eye. But you know (laughs) it's a wink because you share that connection. And I just want to, I want to clarify for the, uh, for just for the, for fiction and everything that, like, that uh, Jake is sitting someplace where he can see and hear, but where he is not seen and heard. And so, like, I imagine... Nolan that like like he's watching this and maybe he can't make out every word maybe he can't make out everything that's being said and done but he recognizes that there's some kind of something at play how how, do I need to roll for that because it feels like that's something he would know with his knowledge of culture and his knowledge of manipulation psychics aren't super uncommon Jake has definitely run into some in his time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Calvin is not a psychic so she's not she's not like able to get around it. You definitely saw her like like think really hard mm-hmm. at uh what's your character's name? I don't think I don't think we nope, actually got your character we have name, Nicole. Specifically not been saying my character name. But uh <laughs> oh, what is the name guys, that she you guys gives? will know you guys will know her as Raquel. 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 <clears throat> so you saw Captain Ripley. Also, her name is sorry, her name is Captain Ripley Calvin. Ripley Calvin. I just, is it okay that I just wrote Captain Calvin? That's fine. Yeah, okay. she she prefers to go by Captain Calvin, just because right. that's that's her title and her job, and that's what she does. She is a captain of a ship. You definitely saw her trying to send a message, like thinking really hard, and then you saw her talk to Crumb, and it, it was pretty obvious that she was trying to deal psychically. Jake, especially observing, you would know that that's what was going on. Right on. What's Jake's last name again, Doug? Lucas. Luke. Jake Lucas. Jake. And he? Uh, he, he does. Uh, and y'all, I gotta be... Look, look, listener, dear listener, it was not my idea for Jake Lucas to <laughs> fuck. But here's the thing. How can you not with that name? In fiction, Jake Lucas, he fucks. All right, so... I just want y'all to know, though, that totally wasn't my idea, but I'm an actor, yeah, goddammit. No. 
I'm an actor, goddammit, and I buy it. No, I'm pretty sure it was one yeah, of I was, our ideas. I was about to say, I, I think the exact process was you said, my dude's <laughs> name is Jake Lucas, and I was like, ooh, ooh, he fucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's precisely how it went. After the interview with Raquel, Captain Calvin stands up and motions to Crumb, and she and Crumb leave the bar, and they're having a friendly conversation, and they they just go away. And as Crumb leaves, a, a robotic bartender springs up like an animatronic, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, and <laughs> everybody in the bar hears this as the living bartender leaves, and the robotic bartender pops up and says... Well, hello, everybody. Captain Cozy's in the house. If you're looking for something casual, come up to the bar, and I'll make it for you, you hear? Fucking Hagen just, just like, for a split second, just breaks out of the weight just to shoot at that fucking thing. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, he wouldn't do that. But I do need you to know that I hate him. I, I hate <laughs> Captain Cozy. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, and Raquel, who was still sitting at the bar and is face-to-face with this monstrosity, quickly, like, slides off her chair and backs away and then bolts out of the cantina. <laughs> okay. Jake, are you... Yeah, Jake has, you know, has clocked Hagen over there in, in his seat and he realizes he's gone into, like, you know, wait mode. And <laughs> he's like, I've seen this before. I've played Fallout. And then... <laughs> And and he watches uh he watches Raquel leave like you know, dash out because he too is offended by this awful monstrosity <laughs> of an animatronic goddamn nightmare. And so he's not happy about it at all. But he is um uh Hagen, are you like looking around at all or are you just straight up mm. Uh, Hagen is just like straight, like just sitting, fingers laced, sitting at the table, looking straight ahead. There is a guy at the other side of the bar that that thinks that Hagen's trying to flirt with him. And like (laughs) by the end of the night, we'll approach him to try and give him his number and then realize that he was, oh, damn it. This was a statue. Oh, (laughs) sad, man. That's like a it country is. song. It really is. Like, I was in love with a statue. I actually mistook an actual statue for a living statue and tried to put a dollar in its hand. Um, and when it didn't grab it, I was like, oh, this is not a person. Um, Damn. I bet <laughs> the person that made that sculpture, like, whoever made that, that sculpture. That was in New Orleans, and my blood alcohol level was zero. Uh, That's a bad admission, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you still see the irony that I am the scientist? It's going to be a lot of stupid science in this game. I'm the security officer. I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing. (laughs) (laughs) My guy's a pacifist. <laughs> the cool part about space is you can just make it up and then it's real. Hell oh yeah. yeah. This we're we're somewhere between Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and iRobot. So like you got plenty of room here. Mm, mm, exactly. Mm, mm. 
so uh, Raquel and Jake, as you leave Captain Cozy's casual cantina, you you walk out into the Caspian outpost. And there are shops and traders and uh, your quarters are there. There's a command outpost that you can see from Captain Cozy's because the entire outpost is essentially a big sphere. So you, you can't not see the command center. If you walk in any direction, you'll find pretty much repeating sections of shops. There's traders, there's people for hire, there's there's a lot of things to do. Is there anything in particular you want to do with your time before tomorrow morning, or are you guys prepared to go to sleep and get ready for your work? Jake is going to his quarters and locking himself in and moving furniture in front of the door. Okay. And that's that's totally fine if you want to do that as well, Raquel. That's there, there's no big deal. Here's the thing, Nolan. We didn't talk about this before. It just hit me, and this is good. So we're gonna go with it. <laughs> Jake, Jake, like bars everything up because he has some precious cargo that someone very wealthy and very powerful would like to have, and it is sewn into the skin of his stomach. And the person that wants it back is very keen on getting it. And we can figure out what it is later. But uh, but it's, it's a big is it deal. A, is it a it's copy tiny. of the Bible in Braille? It's is, not, is, but if it were, is, it, I don't know what it is. I haven't figured that out yet. Though. I'm sorry. But, it, like, he is, has something. Is Jake Lucas also blind? And it's nope. the Bible in Braille? Nope, and... no, no, no. Jake oh, Lucas okay. fucks, and he's got something in his skin. I got that reference. <laughs> Thank I you, I got Nicola. that reference. I'm Thank so excited. That's a movie that is no fun after you learn that. Exactly. <laughs> can't watch it again. I can't even remember the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Book of Eli. The Book of Eli. Ah, yes. Great movie that I can never watch again. <laughs> Raquel, do you also go and bar up your your quarters room, your quarters entryway, or do you do something? I do go back to my quarters, which for some reason are under a different name. Hmm. Wonder what that's about. And uh, Mm. and I pretty much just like (sighs) and like lay down and that's it. Go to sleep the next morning. The captain and Crum are getting the the ship prepared, and everybody is either where we left them or in their quarters. And over the the outpost's communications, you guys hear this. The new crew departing with the Aegean Manticore, will you please show up to the docking station 300B5? Your ship is leaving imminently. Will you please show up now? Fuck. (laughs) Hagen immediately, like, out of... Out of <laughs> out of weight mode, just before jumping up, looks at his arms, gently places his hands on his head. Says, <laughs> okay, nobody stacked anything on me while I was asleep. That's good. <laughs> I like to think that Hagen, like, sitting at the table, just stood straight up from where his feet were and just, like, launched the table in front <laughs> <Yes>! of him. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um... And it, like no one else is in the bar because it's probably it's like six a.m. He was here when it closed. 
<laughs> they didn't even notice. They didn't Bart- even notice. Bartender tried to throw him out, couldn't pick him up, and he was like, "You know what? He's not doing anything." This is wrong, <laughs> and I know it's. I know this isn't right, but but in my head, Hagen is Bender. Like that's. I want you to imagine. He looks like have Hogan and Bender, but he acts like a mix of Bender and Baymax. Um, <laughs> so like. He's a little more on the Baymax side, but he will say fuck. All right, all right. <laughs> like he doesn't fuck, but he does say fuck. And he he starts running to the the ship like T one thousand style. <laughs> <laughs> Raquel like shoots up out of bed and like thinking she's late, even though she totally intended on being early and had set an alarm and everything. Realizing now that she's late, but she thinks it's the normal late. Dresses quickly and like sprints out with her stuff. Jake wakes up in the straight back chair that he's been sleeping in. Jolts awake and realizes that it's been like three hours that he slept and that's been good. And so, um, and so he makes his way to the gate and is there completely like unnoticed until he gets there. As you guys show up, Crumb and Captain Calvin are standing on the gangway up into the Aegean Manticore. And Captain Calvin walks down and, and she goes, listen, I'm, I'm sorry to have to call you guys early. We're having to change our launch date. Uh, it, it seems like the thing is speeding up. The time that I told you hasn't actually come yet. I, I did give you the right time. We did have to make it early. So we're going to have to go. But um, first, this is the Aegean Manticore. And you guys look at this frigate. It's about 70 meters long. And it is the deepest, most beautiful blue you've ever seen. Just midnight, perfect blue. It's an old ship and it's kind of boxy, but you can tell that Captain Calvin has gone to great expense to make sure that this ship is kept pristine. Right next to the entry door that you guys are going to to walk up is a picture of a manticore and all the frills and feathers that are usually lion and like that that gold and red color are all painted this this blazing blue on it. And she says, this ship has been in my family for several generations at this point. We have ferried cures to worlds. We have made sure that trades have happened. We have kept peace between different planets that refuse to communicate with each other. Now, it's not a big ship, and it's not a fast ship, but it is a reliable ship, and I expect everybody who comes on it to be as reliable as the steel it's made of. Can I Can I depend on you to do that? Aye, aye, Captain. Yes, ma'am. All right, can, can I roll to um, see with, with my skill of culture how much I know about the, uh, the Aegean Manticore? Because here's the thing. We know that, like, in his backstory, Jake is uh, sort of an anthropologist a little bit. You know, he knows his shit about cultures, and he is the kind of person that would know about a peacemaking vessel, you know, like a, a, a ship that has that sort of uh, reputation. Anthropology so, degree. I no, mean, he doesn't have an anthropology gotta, degree. He just knows teach his shit. Other anthropologists. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, just for reference, this is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, so uh, we're always going to roll 2d6. So, Doug? 
Give me that uh, that sweet sweet bean roll. This and then the what do I add to it? This the is the fucking fifty minutes we've been this playing. This is culture. It is. So I'd add what? What? Willpower? Intelligence? What? Uh, I think it's intelligence. All right. Well, then I got a nine. Culture, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so a nine success. is a mixed success. See, on something like that, you would you would know about it, but you wouldn't know everything about it. So there was a mention, you know, this, this ship has mainly stayed on the outer rim. It's never really gone to the interior. The interior of the galaxy is really stable. Uh, the government there is efficient, if not exactly good. It does the things it says it's going to do. But the outer rim is so expansive that it, it really does take a lot of municipal governments and, and governments, I'm saying in quotes, just to make sure that things work. Things are so far apart and there's so many people that it, it takes a lot of different organizations to keep things running. The first mention that you ever heard of the Aegean Manticore, Jake, was part of a pirate legion. I get to re-roll a dice because I was using a... Oh, do you have proficient? Or you, yeah, you have a skill in it. You get to re-roll one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so I get, I'm going to re-roll that four and see what happens. Do I have to take the second result? God damn it! It's still a, it's still a partial success. It's an eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when you re-roll, just for our listeners, in uh, the off-worlder system, which this is, uh, when you have a skill, you're allowed to re-roll one of your dice, but you have to take the second roll. It's not advantage and it's not disadvantage. It's it's just a re-roll. So still with a mixed success, the the reference you've heard of the Aegean Manticore was. About 120 years ago. I mean, it, it was a while ago. And it was the the frigate that actually broke a blockade from the, the reigning government to to get supplies to some freedom fighters. Oh, I would definitely know about that. Yes. Absolutely. I love it. So, as you're getting onto the ship, all three of you, I want everybody to give me another roll. Give me a tech roll. Tech? Tech. And why don't you tell us what that means? So, Aside from rolling 2d6. In Offworlders, there are attributes, skills, and abilities. <clears throat> skills are the trained ex expertise. So it's athletics, culture, manipulation, pilot, science, sneak, survival, and tech. They're all things that you can learn. The attributes are the normal strength, agility, intelligence, willpower. The, those four, strength, intelligence, willpower, and agility, all factor into your skills. So tech would be an intelligence role. I got an 11. I got a four. Oh, no. I rolled two ones. Oh, oh man. we all die. Shit about dick. <laughs> oh. So, in Powered by the Apocalypse, there's not a critical fail, which um, is lucky. But there is Damn in my it. heart. Yeah. There is in your heart. There you is. You do get to add experience, and I get to, to make a hard move against you. There, there's all, you know, it's also in the eyes of God. Like, it is also in the eyes of God. The Judeo-Christian God, which still exists. In <laughs> no, and these dice are instantly going away. Yeah. I have Go nine more. So We're fine. Jake and 
Jake and Raquel, you board the ship and Crumb takes you to your quarters. And you guys don't don't notice anything. Hagen, as you get onto the ship, you hear a clank and a drilling sound. And with an 11, you know someone has attached something to the ship as you're leaving dock. But before you can tell anybody, Crumb comes onto the communications and says to everybody, Everybody buckle up for voyage. We're about to leave dock. It's about to get a little bumpy. So everybody get ready and hold on to your butt if you have one. I would like to quickly look and see if, if I can catch what it was that was just attached. I, I, I am a technomancer. I... Like, is the thing closing as... You heard it hit the door. You heard it hit the door behind you oh, as you close. But you, fuck. you being a Hoganite, are very in tune with, with science and, and, yeah. and machinery. And you know the devices that are, are working to attach it to the ship. Knowing that, I, I'll give you a couple of options. There are ways that you can figure out what this is but you're not going to be able to get to it unless you get outside of the ship. Okay. I mean, I don't require the things. I don't require air. Um, I, I will say, as the ship is leaving dock, it's it's got to make a launch. I mean, it's got to get out. So yeah, 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 yeah. if you're not in some kind of chair before this happens, you're going to be plastered to a wall. <laughs> Hagen looks for the nearest chair as well as some kind of speaker? Like, is there a place to communicate? There's, there is a, like, a, a launch mesh, like a, a gravity net people sit in, in in ships. And in all of those, there are communicators. So there, right. there's one pretty close to the door that you came in. He, he immediately sits down, uh, again, fingers laced, hands in his lap, uh, and, and just thinks to himself... Okay, when we get in the air, I'll tell them about it. But right now, everyone's really excited to get this ship launching. I will let them know when we are in space and I can open the door and take a look. God, I hope it happens fast. He says this out loud. I, <laughs> I said initially that he thinks it, but no, I, I, I think Hagen probably speaks out. He doesn't really think he says out loud. Everyone's a psychic. To Hagen. He doesn't realize he doesn't think. He, he doesn't realize he, he just... says his thoughts. You're in your launch mesh, and I imagine that Jake and Raquel, you found your quarters. So you're, you're in some, like, high-gravity gel, essentially. Your, your bunk has this stuff that you can sit in for this specific reason. You guys get the, the ship onto this launch pad. These enormous steel gates come up behind you and you can feel the thrusters hitting it and you guys take off at enormous speeds and you're all pushed into your your beds or your nets and as you're going you fly out of the caspian outpost and after a couple of minutes that that crushing pressure stops and you guys are going in freefall because you're not accelerating anymore and over the intercom again you hear crumb Crumb hits a couple of buttons and all of the, the blast shielding comes up and you can see out into space and Crumb says, Well, everybody, 
Welcome to the Void Between Galaxies. Long Errand is presented by Good Better Quest, a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was Nolan Lacey. Players are David Hallman, Doug Holly, and Nicola Snyder. Music provided by Kevin McLeod and TabletopAudio.com. Today's episode was edited by Nolan Lacey. As always, thank you for listening.